Welcome to Winning Is Not Everything, where we bring sanity back to youth sports by focusing on character development, effort, and sportsmanship, not rankings and trophies. I'm your host, Sean Jensen, former NFL reporter, children's book author, and youth sports coach. In college sports, winning does matter, but Coach Nikki Jesse has made a name for herself as a builder and rebuilder, someone who programs go to when they find themselves on the struggle bus. So how does she do it? How does Coach Jesse consistently pull it off? Stay tuned to find out. TeamSnap is the presenting sponsor of the Winning Is Not Everything podcast. As you start thinking about your spring sports season, the TeamSnap app can help you spend more time focusing on coaching and less time worrying about the team management side of things. Even in this preseason time, coaches can use the app to start building relationships with players and parents through the messaging features. Plus, once your spring schedule's ready, put it on the app for parents to easily sync to their calendars. Download the TeamSnap app in your mobile app store or visit teamsnap.com winning for more information. Nikki Jesse was a top 50 player nationwide in her high school recruiting class. But as a coach, she's been the underdog. She led St. Leo University to its first ever NCAA tournament and its best record in school history. When she took over at Warner University, the program had come off a season without a single victory in its conference. This season though, the team has a winning record and seven conference victories already. Coach Jesse makes clear that meaningful change doesn't happen overnight. In part three of our talk, Coach Nikki Jesse will share three of her keys to building programs, as well as a stretch when she did such a good job, it made things kind of uncomfortable for her husband, the longtime coach at the University of Tampa. Let's jump in. Coach, what's one thing you would have told your 8, 12, and 16-year-old self? I think I would have just prepared myself for that it was going to be hard. I think, you know, when we make these goals and, like, even we're preparing our, our girls to get married and they're planning their wedding, we're not planning the marriage. And I think we get where we think everything's going to be perfect and rosy and we're just not prepared for the hard. Mm. So I think I would have prepared myself for the hard. Like, you're still going to make it. You're still... And it may not turn out like how you envisioned it, but it is going to turn out. And no matter if you're whatever struggle you're going through, if you're just working hard, like just work hard, like it will turn out for your good. So just that, that kind of information. Oh, wow. That is great, coach. Looking back, what was something you appreciated about your parents' influence on your sports journey? Uh, well, I'm really close to my dad. If it wasn't for him, my dad was just the guy that always, I mean, he always told me I was beautiful, and I surely wasn't beautiful at 12. You know, I'm awkward and all that. I never doubted anything about myself as far as, like, I, I've been six feet tall since, like, seventh grade. You know, I'm super awkward and never cared anything about fashion. I'm not exactly somebody that, you know, my twin sister exact opposite of me. She's like a fashion <laughs> icon. I'm in sweats and tennis shoes and... But my dad always just poured into me, and he was always my biggest supporter, like, you know, at every game. And he, I don't think he ever thought I had a bad game. Like, I remember coming out of a high school game that I, you know, called for traveling a bunch and, you know, probably didn't score a ton of points. Like, I, you know, like had 18, and I was 
you know, averaging like 28 or something, you know, something crazy. And I remember him saying, man, those refs are so bad. And it sounds kind of funny, but he was kind of blaming it on the refs. And I was like, dad, I was like, it really wasn't the refs. Like, I really played bad. He's like, no, you didn't, sweetheart. You played awesome. And I'm like, okay. Like, he just was always. Then I remember when I quit Florida's team, you know, he, they're, you know, three, four hours away. And I called to tell him and he was really supportive. He's like, we'll come pick you up. And he's like, we'll figure it out. And I'm sure he was probably like, we didn't have any money. He's already trying to figure out how to help my sister pay for college. And here he is like probably thinking you're blowing a huge opportunity for to get college paid for. And he was just really supportive. He's just been like that my whole life. So I, I relationship with my daughter. I think it's very important for dads to be like really pour into their daughters, especially with sports. Coach, tell me about the first time you coached. Orlando and uh, I would say I was a pretty big idiot like I I think most coaches aren't prepared to be head coaches you kind of just learn you know as you go along and um, I think I was trying to figure out who I was you know you you're trying to be like trying to be disciplinarian like Bobby Knight but also be you know like my college coach and like you know you're <laughs> I'm trying to be like Mike Krzyzewski all in one and finally several years later I was like how about you just be you <laughs> yeah I was trying to be everybody else, and so I probably do things a lot different than other people now, but I've kind of figured out, like, who I am as a coach. That's terrific. Now, you're known, as you mentioned earlier, for turning around programs. What are some of the keys to being able to do that? I mean, you've literally gone to programs that have had no success and helped them to have success, and that's so difficult, and you've done it multiple times. So clearly, you have an understanding of how to do it. What are a couple of those keys? matters where you're at necessarily because I've been at some I mean really hole in the wall type of little town and I think it's I first saw it it's a I mean a belief in yourself like I, I mean I care deeply for other people but I just don't care what they think I've kind of modeled my life after like I don't if Pat Summit told me something about basketball you better believe I'd listen if somebody off the street says something I don't listen I don't pay attention to somebody who hasn't been there before. Like when I buy a car, I talk to somebody who knows about cars. I don't listen to somebody who has no idea. So I think that's the first thing. I don't mind losing at first. It, it really sucks. It's difficult. But the first year is about, you know, laying the foundation. Every program I've taken over that loses, they've all had a horrible GPA. And that's the first thing we work on is academic, or not the first, but one of the main things. And just making sure that they are in the classroom. And if they're not successful off the court, they're not going to be successful on the court. And it's about discipline. Like, hey, these are standards. Like, we, we love basketball. There's nobody that loves basketball more than me. But guess what? You've got to get a degree. That's the purpose of you being here, first and foremost. So, and this is, I don't think it, I mean, I guess it's, I hate saying it's about me, but even at Warner here, we haven't had below a 3-2 since I've been here. Team GPA, when I took over, it was like barely a 2-0. So, it's not anything that I'm like, I'm not making them smarter. I'm just making them go to class. And we get them help when they need it, tell them to ask for help. And I'm like, it's a different conversation than if you're just struggling in class. You're struggling, we're going to get you help. If you're missing class, I'm going to kick you in the butt and make you go to class. So really, that's the biggest thing. But just 
making them be on time. You know, that's a lot of the discipline stuff. Like most teams I've taken over, like kids roll in whenever, like there's no uh, culture there. So we just set the standards how we do every program I've taken over. The first thing I do is change the locker room. Usually the locker rooms are crappy. Um, I think it needs to be some place where they want to hang out, want to be as a team. Usually the women's program has been treated like crap. So we make, we fix all that. Like we don't have a ton of money at Warner and we don't have full scholarships, but our locker room is really nice. Our kids are beyond spoiled. They get lots of gear. Uh, we treat them the right way, like post and pregame or pregame and post meals. Like we get them something good. We don't get pizza. We don't get fast food. You know, we just treat them the right way and love on them. Um, and I tell everybody too, I'm like, you may not always like me. I was like, but I want this to be a good experience. If you leave here and you haven't had a good experience and you hate me, then I feel like I failed you. So we really, we and I have a phenomenal staff. Like my assistant coach is amazing and he has bought into everything I'm selling to him. And some days I'm sure he thinks I'm crazy, but he works really hard too. And, and honestly, we just outwork everybody. I really think that that's the key. I think a lot of people do a lot of talking and we do a lot of backing it up. We don't try to do it all in one year. I just don't think it's possible. Like you try to, you know, get a little better every year and it's kind of gotten us to where we are now, especially if you're at a, if you're at a smaller school, if you're a college coach and don't have scholarships, you cannot do it quickly. It's going to take a few years. Um, and that's kind of where we are now. Every every other place I've been, it's happened a little bit quicker because we've had scholarships. But every year here, we've gotten better. And now we're in year four and we're winning. So. Congrats on that, Coach. I do want to kind of go back. I'm curious to get your insight on this. You had a lot of success at St. Leo, and you resigned from that job. And was that with your daughter coming? Is that why you kind of felt like that needed to take place at that time? Um, You probably don't know this, but I was head coach at Lynn University, and my husband is the head coach still at University of Tampa. So that's the same league. So we started dating. Uh, we got married or we got engaged at Christmas time. And then at the end of my second season there, I resigned to be his assistant. And I, we were like four hours apart. So that wasn't going to work. So I left coaching for a little bit with his assistant. We had our daughter during that time and I was his assistant for two years. Well, then the St. Leo job opened up, who's also in the same league. And they're actually pretty big rivals. So I don't know why, but the AD hired me. So knowing I'd have to coach against Tom and, Tom is right now currently University of Tampa is number three in the country. Like they've been good. Tom's been there about 20 years and um, they've always been pretty good. Well, St. Leo was not good and didn't have the same resources and didn't have, we weren't fully funded. And um, it was kind of a hidden gym, I thought though. So Tom and I coached, actually coached against each other for three years. We were the first husband and wife in the entire country at any level, at any sport to coach against each other. So that had its own issues. Like we were pretty much shifts passing in the night. And in the first year, it wasn't a big deal because Tom's team was really good. And, um, you know, they drilled us. The second year, though, we didn't have a winning record, but we were right at 500. And my team signed a really good class and we were starting to make some noise. And we, we beat a couple ranked teams. And then we go to the conference tournament. We have to play Lynn who my best friend, who was my assistant when I was there, was the head coach there. We, they were number two seed in the, in the league. We were seven. We upset them, and we beat them by, like, 20. So that was huge. First time it ever happened. Well, then in the semifinals, we end up 
up playing Tom's team. Well, oh, Tom's boy. team needs to win that game to um, go to the state tournament, and we beat them by 20. Whoa. And then we finals for the first time, and we have to play Rollins against, which is where I went, where I transferred to, and my college coach is the coach there. So I had to play my best friend, my husband, and my college coach. We didn't win in the finals, but it kind of set the stage for the future for us. And that following year, we made the NCAA tournament. Wow. Well, at, when I first took over, we're like, oh, it's only, we're only going to play each other two times. Well, no, we've played each other at least three times every year in the conference tournament. And then that last year, if my team would have won in the NCAA tournament, we would have played him for the fifth or for the fourth time. We just kind of, I mean, we honestly never saw each other. It was, it was pretty stressful just, and honestly, we couldn't, the first game we went to when I played some, we're not thinking it's a big deal. Uh, we had gotten interviewed by uh, the news and we kind of thought it was done with. Well, I show up with my team there and there's like five news fans there and there's cameras everywhere. And it was a huge fanfare and like we were being interviewed before and after the game. And Tom's team beat us by like 30. So that was the fun. And uh, I was just, I remember telling Tom, I was like, this is not normal to coach against your spouse. And honestly, I, I was feeling called. Like I, I felt God was telling me to walk away from coaching for a little bit. And I don't even know why I just felt that I wasn't supposed to be there. And I'm very thankful I did. I, I had some crazy things happen in that time I was away from basketball. I got to go like to Uganda on a missions trip and do some really neat things. I wouldn't have been able to do if I was still coaching. But I'm so thankful I'm back coaching because, like I said, I'm not I'm not really good at anything else. So. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Winning Is Not Everything. Please make sure to like the podcast and subscribe to the podcast so you can immediately get the latest episode. If you have any questions or comments, please visit my website, seankjensen.com, and go to the contact page. Before I close, though, my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, and my video series, Model Student Athlete, are thrilled to present our Coach of the Month. We want to shine the spotlight on coaches and youth sports who are making a positive impact impact on young student athletes and we want to recognize Haley Speed, the director of operations for the Seton Hall women's soccer team, a youth coach for STA in New Jersey and an Olympic development coach of the 2010 Eastern New York girls. Last year, she was named to the United Soccer Coaches 30 Under 30 class. Congratulations, Haley. Last but not least, I want to thank my presenting sponsor, TeamSnap, the go-to app to help you have a successful spring sports season. Until next time, I'm Sean Jensen. We'll be right back.